Hello there, Grease the Wheels Nation. This is Eric, the producer, talking to you again just for a little bit here before the episode. Here to tell you about this company that we're working with called the Toolheads Crate. Now, toolheadscrate.com, it's another one of those crate subscription services, but this is really the only one that applies to any part of the Grease the Wheels listenership. Their motto is cheap box, better stuff. Now, what they do is they take a cheap little box and they load it up full of t-shirts, discount codes, coupons, and and some of the little things that give you a taste of some of your favorite tool companies. Now, in this month's tool crate, they are giving out some precision tools featuring SP Tools USA. That's going to be along with some of those discount codes and coupons and t-shirts. But as they always do, they do one crazy high value box for one lucky winner every month. And this one is a great one. Their Golden Wrench tool set this month is a 8-piece 15 degree offset large reversible ratcheting wrench set from sizes 20 to 32 millimeters and that's a $400 value for one lucky winner this month crates are $35.99 plus exact shipping and let's be real that's probably a lot less than what you owe your snap-on guy right now toolheadscrate.com hit them up and give them the discount code GTW10 for 10% off of your first crate order that's GTW10 at toolheadscrate.com. Now, I think it's about time to get to the feature presentation. All right, boys and girls, welcome. Welcome to Grease the Wheels. Coming to you live from the Rock and Roll Garage, this is your Uncle Jimmy sitting behind a microphone and spewing all kinds of bullshit to get you all wound up as automotive technicians and really technicians of any kind. Whether you're working on big stuff, little stuff, airplanes, washing machines, HVAC, whatever it is you work on, a lot of the stuff that we're talking about here fits your career. One of the things I wanna talk to you about today is something that is going to be getting bigger and worse. Talking about, what I wanna talk to you about is recalls. Now I talked I talked about recalls and safety recalls earlier and how we have quite a few of them some of us some of us who work at dealerships with a, a brand or, or or possibly even two or three in the building that we represent uh, one of the things that goes on with recalls uh, many times they are uh, safety recalls where you have to remove those deadly Takata airbags or you have to uh, reroute a wire somewhere so that an airbag system could work or so that a seatbelt pretensioner could work. Uh, some of them are service actions where you're gonna repair something now before it breaks because your uh, manufacturer, the brand that you work for is proactive, which I'm all for and I applaud them greatly for that, just to, as an aside. Uh, if you're a manufacturer, and you take into account how things are gonna happen, uh, what's gonna happen, and you discover that the way you built it was not the best way to build it, or maybe it was just straight up wrong, and you wanna go back and fix it, and you're actually paying out of your own pocket to have us fix them, I applaud you. I wish sometimes that the labor rate was a little better, but uh, it is what it is, okay? Uh, you don't wanna spend a small fortune fixing something that wasn't right from the beginning, even though we want you to. So there's a lot of different things that go on with automobiles 
manufactured, I say within the last 20 years, because I've seen some really old ones, boys and girls, where there's recalls and service actions and service bulletins and other assorted campaigns out there, if you will, that cause these people to bring their car to the dealership for free repairs, okay? I was talking to, this was actually the uh, one of the tool guys uh, that comes to our shop. He has an older car from the brand that we work on, and he had received a letter saying that he had a, a recall due. And so in talking to him about the tools that he sells, he asked about this recall, and I informed him that he probably had more than one and he could have as many as four separate recalls on his car. And his car was by no stretch of the imagination anywhere near being new. It wasn't, I think he had an 11 year old car to be 100% honest with you. And after all, he's a tool guy. He's not buying a new Jaguar or a new Mercedes, okay? He's not He's not making that much money as a tool guy. And that, But that is an entirely different podcast. I think we actually already did that one. So, But he was kind of stunned when I kicked open the uh, program, when I kicked open the app that shows us how many recalls are due and what his service history was and informed him that he, in fact, did have four separate recalls on his vehicle and that it was very important that he get at least one or two of them done. Uh, we had some situations and I wasn't privy to this at all. I never saw this. I never, I've never seen any sort of uh, evidence that this was true, but we had some components that apparently were causing fires, which uh, I didn't have any experience with. I, I, I saw none of the cars that I work on ever catch fire and burn up, but apparently somebody somewhere did. And when forensics came in and said, oh, this is the reason right here, somebody at the manufacturer went, oh, fuck. <laughs> we got to fix that. So that's what we do. So what that means is, because I've digressed quite a bit here, what that means is that with recalls and service actions and service bulletins, we get cars in the shop all the time that are way the fuck out of warranty. I mean, way out of warranty. I mean, they're they they're out of warranty longer than they were in warranty now. A 10-year-old car with a four-year warranty has been out of warranty for six fucking years. You know, there's not going to be anything that they're gonna get for free other than the recalls, okay? But that's why they're there. They want the free stuff. They need the free stuff. And, and we should just do it and smile and be glad that they came back because we don't want the, our vehicles as, you know, I mean, as a technician who cares, as to a point anyway, uh, I don't want people out there driving around a car that has even the slightest chance of catching on fire because something wasn't manufactured correctly or wasn't installed correctly or the, the amperage of the wires going to it was improperly calculated and therefore they overheat and could conceivably set the car on fire. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see any of that shit happening. So if you have a recall, if you have a service action, if you have a campaign due on your car, by all means, bring it in. We'll get it done. We'll do it to the best of our ability uh, as quickly as we can. And believe me, with some of these, we've done them so many times, we can do them very quickly. And we can actually, and it sounds unusual to say this, we can actually make money at them because we get so fucking good at them. Just an example, uh, there's a driver's airbag on the cars that I work on, and I think it pays three, four, five tenths, and it literally takes me less than a minute Okay, so let's not complain too much about doing the recalls. They, they, they will pay. No one's going to get rich. No one's going to be putting a down payment on their new Ferrari doing recalls, but they do pay. The problem that I have is that some of these cars, I get them in uh, like, like 
our tool guy with his 11-year-old car and went four recalls on it. We will, and I do this, some of the other technicians have given up on this, but I haven't. We will look the car over from stem to stern. We give you a, a good, honest check checkup, you know, the whole finger up the butt, everything. You know, I do anyway. Uh, I know some of the guys in the shop do, some don't. It seems like a lesson in futility, and I get that they're right. It is a lesson in futility. You know, you look and you see the belts are all cracked and shitty and dry rotted, and there's oil leaking out of the valve cover and oil leaking out of the oil filter housing and the oil cooler and the and the oil pan, and the tires are fucked up, and the brakes are bad. I mean, the brakes are real bad, and the, the control arm bushings are all shot, and the springs are broken, and the shocks are leaking, and literally, they shouldn't even be driving the fucking car. The safest thing they could do would be to either trade it in or scrap the fucking thing. But hey, you know what? I just had to install a brand new airbag and a bunch, of, uh, fix a bunch of wiring and maybe a couple other components so that it's safe as far as that shit's concerned, where the rest of the car is so completely unfucking safe that they should not fucking drive it. And what I'll do is I'll, I will make up a quote for everything that's wrong with your car. That's part of my job. That's one of the things that I do. And I do that, I do that on every car. I think it's important. And I don't do it because I need money. Uh, and believe me, if I needed money really, really bad, there's a lot of other things I could do different than what I do now to make more money. Ripping you off on your 11-year-old car while you're in for recalls is not going to make me rich because I know that there's a one in 100 chance that you would say, oh yeah, go ahead and fix all that stuff. Not gonna happen. You got an 11-year-old car, that car is <laughs> that car is beyond the point where you're gonna stick another fucking dime into it. It is beyond it. it is past that. I call it the point of no fucks given. You, you you get a car and something happens to it and you know you owned it for six years and you've been done paying for it for a year or two and you're really tired of it. It, it smells bad or it smells like you and this doesn't work and that doesn't work and then something else stops working. You're like, what the fuck? You know? And then somebody tells you, oh yeah, it's like a thousand dollars to fix that and you're like, okay, sure fucking thing. I'll fucking break that shit right out to fix a six-year-old car or a 10-year-old car. It's not going to happen. But as a technician, I feel a responsibility to at least inform you that you are destroying the environment by leaking uh, multitudinous portions of your engine oil onto the ground. Perhaps you're leaking coolant, which is probably actually deadlier, more deadly than engine oil. And uh, maybe you're even leaking brake fluid. Uh, maybe you need brakes, maybe you need tires, maybe there's cords showing on them. I can't tell you how many times I've done some of these recalls on cars and they have numerous, numerous safety issues. And oh yeah, a child safety seat in the back seat. Are you fucking kidding me? Some of these people drive around in these cars and they have child safety seats in the back and you can see there's fucking toys strewn all over the back seat and you know they're carrying their kids around in this thing and it's so unsafe it honestly is a form of child abuse because if if you're cruising down the road on your phone and you know maybe you're a mom maybe you're even a dad it doesn't even really matter what's which sex you are but if you've got your kids in the back seat and you're texting fucking somebody and playing with the radio and maybe eating a cheeseburger or who even knows maybe you're masturbating while you're driving down the road and all of a sudden that tire blows out 
because there's cord sticking out of it. And I told you fucking three weeks ago that you needed tires. And instead of being able to control your car because you only have one hand on the wheel, and maybe you don't even have a fucking hand on the wheel. Maybe you're steering with your fucking knee and you crash into a guardrail on the side where your daughter or your son is strapped into the car seat. Do you think that's a good thing? Do you think that that's something that can't happen to you? It can. People wreck cars all the time, every day. Right now as I'm speaking, somebody's getting into an accident. Somebody has been in an accident. People get hurt and killed in accidents. You need to pay fucking attention. And if your car is a pile of shit and needs safety items, you gotta start thinking about doing something about that, okay? We're gonna do our part. We're gonna do our bit. We're gonna fix the problems that the manufacturer caused. Okay, great. So that's not what's going to kill you. What's going to kill you is the neglect that you are showing, the neglect that you are participating in because you're too fucking cheap to fix your fucking car. Now, I understand it. I understand completely that cars cost a lot of money to repair. I get it. And because I'm a mechanic, I've saved a hell of a lot of money doing providing my own labor. And that's the only real advantage honest to God, of being a mechanic is that I don't have to pay someone labor to put a water pump in my car. I still have to pay for the fucking water pump, but I don't have to pay somebody to put it in. I put it in. And if I spend time putting it in, I'm really paying myself because that's time I could spend somewhere else doing something else and possibly earning money. Okay. So that's, that's, that's the only, one of the, one of the only good things about being a mechanic is being able to, to provide yourself and maybe your wife and maybe some of her family, if she doesn't have a really big fucking family, hopefully, some free labor. Uh, I know that my family uh, really enjoys it when I work on their stuff and don't charge them, but uh, I don't because they tend to push the envelope too far and then you have to move to Texas to get away from them. (laughs) Anyway, I digress a great deal there and if that got chopped out, that would be fine with me. (laughs) Moving on, what I'd like to say also is that I think a lot of customers get upset when we smash them in the fucking face with these huge, huge, huge estimates of what's wrong with their car. Now, there's two there's two schools of thought here on this particular situation, okay? Number one, if you bring your car into me and it's got all these problems in it, and I fail to say anything to you about these problems, and then you go and you get into some sort of a wreck where perhaps the brakes didn't work correctly or the tires blew out or you lost traction because you didn't have any tread. I mean, there's a, there's really, and you as a mechanics, if you're listening and you're a mechanic, you're a, you're a guy who fixes stuff, a guy who drives a car, you know that there is a million little things that can go fucking wrong. And it is a miracle that more things don't go wrong. And in fact, in years prior, things did actually go wrong at a pretty horrendous clip. I mean, you know, if you drove a car in the 50s and you hit a telephone pole at anything over five or 10 miles an hour, you were fucking dead. Steering columns were like great big harpoons bolted into your car to help you steer the wheels. And oh, by the way, if you hit something, guess what? You're a fucking shish kebab now, okay? So that's been rectified since then. Steering columns now collapse. I know this from personal experience. I had a Volkswagen Rabbit that I took the steering column and pushed it in and up about seven or eight inches. And it kind of fucking hurt. But that's neither here nor there. What I'm saying to you is that you have a responsibility to point these things out to the customer, whether he wants you to or not, so that you can avoid the liability of not pointing it out. Because 
The first thing that happens to people when something goes wrong, whether it's just the car won't start or it doesn't run right or it leaks oil or whatever happens to a car or if they get into an accident, okay, and I'm talking about any kind of accident, maybe they bump their mailbox and they have to buy a new mailbox or maybe they hit a bus full of kids and kill them all. The first thing every motherfucker on the planet does is look for someone to blame besides themselves. And this is why lawyers are all rich cocksuckers. So you have really a responsibility to take the liability off of yourself and your biz, the business that you work for or your business and place it squarely and firmly on the shoulders of the car owner. This is why you should always, always, always look the cars over. If you get a guy, he comes into your shop and you document on your RO that his tires are bald and he declines them, he, and he's going to decline them because he's just there for the free stuff. Just give me the free stuff. That's all I want. And you let him know he's got bald tires and he thinks in his mind, oh my God, you're just trying to rip me off. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I'm pointing out to you that your car is unsafe to drive and that the child's seat in the back seat is, you know, is going to keep your kids safe if your car blows a tire when you're doing 90 while you're eating a Whopper, you fucking retard. Then when the lawyer comes around and starts asking you about that car after he kills a whole entire busload of kids, which is going to happen, a guy can't survive a crash where he kills more than one person, where he kills somebody, even just one person. And you're not gonna have you're gonna have to talk to a lawyer because the first thing that that guy's gonna say he might be in a cast with his arm in a sling and he might have a broken jaw but he's gonna mumble it out of the corner of his mouth or maybe even write it down on a piece of paper that he just had his car into your shop right before the accident. Guess where that lawyer's gonna go? He's gonna go right to the shop. He's gonna say, "Hey, can I get a copy of the invoice for Mr. Smith?" He was in on uh, February 2nd, which just happens to be Groundhog's Day, by the way. Just a random date I picked out of my head and happens to be Groundhog's Day. Moving on. So the lawyer gets a copy of the invoice that this gentleman receives. And guess what? All the color runs out of his face because you documented on the RO every fucking thing that was wrong with his car. He was leaking oil. His belts were bad. His brakes were low. His tires were bald. And now that lawyer doesn't have a fucking leg to stand on. And I can't think of a better situation ever than to have a lawyer go, oh, fuck, I don't have a case. Yeah, suck my dick. So there's part of the responsibility that you have as a technician. Now, number two, obviously, if the guy has a car and maybe he likes it, okay, maybe he likes that car, maybe he wants to keep it, he's been done paying for it for a while, he doesn't want a car payment, he needs for it to be safe because he's one of the smarter ones, and I say one of the smarter ones because there's a handful of people who are smart enough to know that you need to maintain your shit. You need to maintain all of your shit, whether it's your house, your refrigerator, your microwave, or your fucking car, or even your marriage, for Christ's sake. You need to maintain that stuff. You need to change the oil, change the filters, look at the tires, change them when they need to be changed. You need to make sure the brakes are up to snuff. And you know, as technicians, how many times the brakes are fucking done and the customer doesn't want to do them. You know why? Because to them, oh yeah, my brakes still work. Okay, that's great. But you have to press them nearly all the way to the floor to get them to stop the car. And guess what? If a child steps out in front of you at a crosswalk or you're not paying attention and a pedestrian is in front of you or maybe the car in front of you stops short and you go to hit the brakes and they don't work until you get to about an inch of the floor, you're fucking hitting something, okay? So 
seriously, let them know what they got to have. If they're smart people, if they're frugal, whatever, if they want to keep that car and they want to keep driving it and they don't want to die, they'll prioritize what they got to do if they don't have the money. Maybe they'll figure out a way to put on a credit card. Maybe they'll figure something out. Maybe they'll take it to another shop and have it fixed. That's that's okay with me because honestly, and you, you guys know this is just as well as I do, that when people come in for the free stuff and you hit them with these enormous fucking estimates for all the shit that's wrong with their car, the chances that they're going to do all of that work to that car in your shop are so fucking infinitesimal. It is, you have better odds of winning the lottery, literally. Okay, they're not gonna get it fixed at your shop. They're there for the free stuff. They're gonna ask what the labor rate is. They're gonna go, it's a. It's what I call a whistle price. When they ask for the labor rate and they hear what it is, they go, holy shit, really? Jesus Christ, what are you gonna bronze my car? You know, I mean, honestly, if you're a service advisor and you're listening to this, you've heard all this shit before. When they tell you, when you tell a customer what the labor rate is, they go, oh, my God, I want a a new tire, not a new kidney, you know, shit like that. That's the way it is. If you're at a dealer, if you're at a a manufacturer's brand dealership, your labor rate is going to be higher than Joe Blow's shop down the street. Fine. It's the way it works. It's it's called capitalism. It's democracy. They could take their car wherever they want. Fine, let them, let them. If you point it all out, and they go somewhere else and they get it fixed, at least that particular vehicle is now safer to be around for not just the owner but you as well. Because I think it would be a terrifying thing. It, honestly, in my opinion, it would be a terrifying thing, terrifying, to be driving down the road and have to come to a quick stop look up in the rear view mirror and see a car that you worked on maybe two, three days earlier and you know that the brakes are shit and the tires are shit. And in that brief second where you realize, oh my God, that's that fucking car, you can just kiss your ass goodbye. He's coming. He's coming at you. He can't stop. He's going to hit you. And in the most ironic moment of irony, you told this guy that his car was going to cause something like this. And... He didn't do anything about it, and now you have to pay the price, okay? So when you tell somebody that they have problems with their car and they're just there for the free stuff, I want just repair the free stuff, do the recalls, and get me the fuck out of here. You know when you do that and you tell them what's wrong with the car and they don't do anything about it, that they're a danger, not only to themselves and their children and their family, but to everyone else on the fucking road. So it's a social responsibility that you have, really. And I know that most of us don't really give a fuck about society anyway, but uh, it's not necessary for us to do that. That's not our job. That's for politicians and police officers to do, right? Okay, so when you get people there who want just the free stuff, if you want to ignore all the stuff that they have going on in their car, go ahead. Uh, Lots of guys do, and lots of times... There's never any extracurricular problems with that, but I'm sure that there are stories out there where, guess what? There was a problem. There was a situation that occurred. You know, we we failed to tell the customer that his tires were bald when he was in for uh, an airbag, a Takata airbag replacement, and he left the dealership, drove down the road, and slammed into a bus and killed a bunch of kids, and guess who's liable now? Yeah, you, the dealership, uh, the brand, uh, the tire manufacturers, uh, every everyone that the lawyer can think of, okay? So do yourself a favor. 
when they're there for the free stuff, hit them in the face with all the shit that's broken, and don't even think about getting that job as a as repair to do on that car. Probably not going to happen. It has happened. I know it's happened. It's happened to me. If I quote what's going on with the car and they want to get it done, nobody is more shocked than me. Nobody. But it has happened. It actually has happened. I've taken some cars. Uh, where I work now, we've had some cars come in that were in extraordinarily good shape. Very well cared for, very well maintained, and maybe they just had an oil leak. And guess what? They wanted to get it fixed, and it was out of warranty, so they had to pay. Oh, my God. And they wanted a professional, factory-trained uh, master technician to repair it. Holy cow. Mark this day on a calendar because this isn't going to happen again for a long time. Okay, and if another shop fixes it, that's okay too. Because if you see that car in the rear mirror and he actually is able to stop before he rear-ends the fucking shit out of you and you both just roll away from whatever situation it was without any further exchange of information or dirty looks or, or bad language and everyone's safe and happy, just a little inconvenienced, that's okay too. That's okay too. Because someday, if you're a good technician, you may decide to start your own private shop your own repair shop and you may make a very good living feasting on all of the repairs that the dealership loses that's an entirely different podcast look for that one in the future boys and girls there's a ton of work out there there's a ton of work out there that needs to be done people are always looking for people to do it in a less expensive way uh, myself and some colleagues of mine have come up with a way to make it extraordinarily lucrative for you to do some of that work yourself without having to start a business Uh, We'll be filling in some more on that in the future as it becomes more available. You are going to fucking love it. So stand by for that. But in the meantime, if you're doing the job, let's do it right and make sure that we don't have to talk to a lawyer and make sure that we don't have to go up on a witness stand and say, yeah, I looked at the tires, but I didn't say anything. And then guess what? Somebody gets a million dollars and it's a lawyer. All right. That's enough about this subject. Don't worry about doing the free stuff. You can make some money on it. It's not free. It's not free. You're not working for free. All right. Anyway, that's enough of uh, your Uncle Jimmy. He's getting tired. He's going to take a nap. So until next time, see ya. So that is it for this week's episode of Grease the Wheels. Thank you all so much for listening. This week's automotive content creator spotlight is on the Rust Belt Mechanic. He did an absolutely awesome video about the complexities of fixing your old car or buying a new one. So make sure you give that one a look over there on YouTube. Give him a subscribe and leave him some good feedback as well. Make sure you give us some reviews over there on iTunes. That always helps us out. And if you have any ideas for an episode that you want to hear Uncle Jimmy talk about, make sure you hit us up over there on Facebook or Twitter or Reddit, any of that good stuff. Next week's episode, we are diving into the rut. The rut that all technicians will eventually slip into, but some ways of getting out of it. Thank you all so much for listening. Have a good day.